You guys, welcome back. If you're here again, and if this is here, if you're here at Busy Living Sober for the first time, I hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And also, I put out a weekly newsletter that if you go to elizabethchance.com, you can sign up for it. But with further ado, I'm Really excited to introduce you guys all to Jin Young, who Jin reached out to me and was like, do you want me to come on? I'm a mental health advocate. And I was like, I was like, let me talk to you first. And you guys know that I do sometimes do some background and we, and we talked for maybe three minutes and I was like, yes, you can come on my show. And so I want you to tell us why you became a mental health advocate and he just turned 29. Yeah, I did. I did. Elizabeth, I'm thrilled to be on your show. Thank you so much for the space that you create. I, um, I will absolutely dive into that, but um, I just want to give you your flowers first and honor you for what you're doing and what you're promoting. It's not just healthy living. Um, Hope is something that can be hard to ask for on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Um, and sometimes we need an advocate to help us, help remind us that it is okay to ask for hope. And some of my favorite episodes of your podcast are just the ones when you're just talking, you know, and you're just reminding people of that. And I was just refreshing on... I've got 412 in front of me, Echoes of Authenticity. It was so good. I wrote so many quotes. And I'm just like, I, I can't wait to talk about everything. So thank you for what you're doing and the light that you are shining. Um, and yeah, I just, I know that you are a vessel for hope for other people. And guys, don't be afraid to uh, keep asking Elizabeth for more of it because she just has an electric energy. And uh, as you all know, so yeah. Okay. So thank you. I yeah. just have to interject and say, thank sure. you so much. And Absolutely. you know, it is hope that we all can just get one more day yeah. living on this planet because yeah. some things it feels like there's so many things pulling at us. Yes. And if we don't just get centered yes. and just take a deep breath. Yes. And for me, it's just like, God, just be here in this moment. And yes. I, then I can be free. Then yes. I can be free and I can yes. have hope instead of yes. remorse or regret. Yes. So go on and thank you so much for that. That was beautiful. For sure. For sure. And as I'm, I am so good at jumping on tangents and I think you are too, but we're got to come back to just let like cutting out noise. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that, but yeah, that's just such a good thread to pull on. Okay. So about me. Um, yeah. I'll just talk about for me at the very beginning, uh, my first interaction with this concept of a calling in life. Um, I first got that when I was 15, when my best friend that at the time called me in a panic and she said she had a friend on the line who was contemplating suicide. And she said that if she called the paramedics or any form of authority to step in, that her friend was going to do it. Um, and the, I was the only person that person would agree to, to speak with. Um, and so I'm just trying to catch up to the situation and I'm building up the courage. And she tells me that there are two stipulations to this call. The first is that I'm not allowed to know who the person is. And the second is that they're not going to speak for the duration of it. And it's like, all right, well, anything for you, like, let's, let's give it a shot. I spoke into the phone for 45 hours that night. And there are two things that I still remember very clearly. The first was I had this weird sense of peace. I, I just, I just believed that I, I knew that I had this person and I wasn't going to lose that person. And the second thing is I remember understanding the consequences um, and the contrast between the two was the first time I ever felt like I had like a sense of calling or like, I understand what's happening and I'm just weirdly at peace. So I ended that call um, saying like, Hey, like I just, I believe in my heart that like, there's so much life for, ahead of you. I can't wait to meet you. Um, and uh, 
yeah, I just, I knew she was like a fellow high school student. That's as much info as I knew. And so I just said, I can't wait to meet you. A week later, sure enough, I got to meet her. Um, and today, you know, I won't go as far as to speak as how she's doing. We haven't kept up, but I can say that she has a master's degree from the University of Oregon as a mother of two. And, you know, and that story is still being written, right? Uh, and there are two more uh, as a result. Um, so I'm certainly proud that that one has a happy ending. I can't say I won them all. Um, but yeah, uh, that was the beginning for me. And since then, uh, I think the space that I've gotten really familiar with is is loneliness. Um, the way I like to illustrate it, and, and then I'll pause, I realize I'm saying I'm talking a lot here. But the way I like to illustrate it is, you know, if you imagine suicidality is, is, is this vast, deep sea, right? There are a lot of inlets to the sea, uh, streams and rivers of all kinds. But the one that I gravitated towards, for whatever reason, was loneliness. Um, and I've, yeah, seen the different ways that loneliness spits out into this sea and um, tried to get to the source of it. Um, can't say that I have, uh, but I think I've learned a lot. And it's kind of through that lens of loneliness and disconnect from um, ourselves, from self, from self-love, acceptance, and community in different ways that, uh, yeah, I've developed a lot of language around uh, how we get there and how we can climb out. So that's kind of my story. And I'm so excited to be here today. Well, I am so excited. And for one, I want to go back a little bit. So sure. you are 18 years old and your friend tells you this. Now we got to go back. I was 15. Yeah. You were 15. Yeah. 15. Okay. Yeah. 15 years old. And you grew up where? I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. In Eugene, Oregon. Now, yeah. your parents, when you yeah. were raised, were you raised re with religion in your house? Did, was, I was. Oh, was. You were. I was. Yeah. So uh, I I remember like really giving this concept of like giving myself to God. Uh, I grasped in middle school. And so like I chose to get baptized. And that certainly had a, a really big part of my belief in myself. I, I could not have sat in that phone call by myself you know a lot of people they'll say kind things about some of the things that i've achieved or the path that i'm on and sometimes it 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 makes me cringe because i wish they could give god more credit because it's like this is a group project and he's just not here for you to give him his credit but yeah that's that's how i would best illustrate how i was able to sit in that call is like I the only way I could have um, stepped into circumstances that were that were so much greater than me um, as if is with the support of a being much greater than me. So, yeah. So that is well, it's humbling is what it is. So when it makes you cringe, right? When somebody says things that are nice to you, you're yes. like, wait a minute, it's not yes. me, it's God. Yes, it's yes. so humbling. So you were in a, so you were a member of a church group, a youth group, obviously. Yes, I yes. can hear it in you. So yeah. you, so you were in your youth group, and that's where you believe. That's where your faith started and has resided ever since you were a child. Yeah, and I think. For one, I want to say kudos to your mom and dad. I always love to give shout outs to moms and dads yes, out there because they don't always get the credit sometimes. And it's like, yay, thank you for getting yes. in the church. Um, <laughs> and with that, at 15, I mean, yeah. this friend, this friend, no, did you know at that age that this is where, because you know, you're growing up and you're like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a yeah. fireman. I want to yes. be a nurse. Right. Whatever it was that you wanted to be. Did you yes. always know that you wanted to help people one-on-one -on, -one on this mental health journey? Let's take a quick break. Do as I say, not as I do. Are we that generation? Or are we doing and working on ourselves just as much as we work on the technology that we crave? Artificial intelligence. And the concerns, I would say, were pretty valid. But the interesting thing about that is, is it valid because that's how we see ourselves? Are we, are we looking at them, but then really seeing us 
No, definitely not. I always had a curiosity for what makes people tick before I even knew how to describe that. When I was 13 uh, is when I first had thoughts of what is time? Um, and for any listeners, if you have kids that are in that age range and they're asking what time is, um, just know that they're headed down to like a pretty terrifying path. Because uh, one day I found it. Uh, I found it by just thinking about the absence of time. And I scared myself so badly because I realized I'd found death. And I scared myself so badly, I cried myself to sleep probably every night for about a year. I was seventh grade. And like, I remember my girlfriend at the time, yeah, middle school girl kind of the time, uh, had commented before that, like, I'm too deep. And so that's when I knew that I was like, okay, no, I can't talk about this at all. Like, it was like, I just can't. And for whatever reason, the way that I got out of that, like depression that I was hiding was, well, how are other people finding life worth living for? And like, I, I'm still finding answers to that. Um, yeah, as I went on into my college years, I, I developed this routine where I would sit with somebody once a week for two hours a day and ask them uh, like at least 20 questions. And I still have that set of 20 questions. And it's just about like, um, yeah, what, what makes you tick? What makes life worth living? I like to say like, what's in your room, right? Like uh, what are the achievements that you have enshrined? What are the shames that you've got tucked away in the safe? Um, what are the pictures on the wall that you want to relive? Who are the people whose names are on these chairs in your space? Um, and I've been blessed to be welcomed into many rooms and sit with many people now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I have, I have always had this curiosity for the individual and uh, what makes life worth chasing for you. But I was always encouraged to be this high achiever, this high achieving Asian American. Uh, so I had reached pretty high heights in the managing management consulting world. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about that, but of course we yeah. do. Okay. Of course. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I know I'm all over the place. Uh, no, it's totally, yeah. we are on, you are so <laughs> on topic. It's okay. okay. It's totally my listener. You're going chrono chronologically, which I okay. always yeah, like I because yeah, okay. that's yeah. exactly, you're good. This is okay. all perfect. Don't, per there's no judge. There's no, we're all good. Awesome. So, so you went in, so of course you graduated and a lot of kids, I think, graduate thinking, all right, I want that Wall Street. I want that lots of money, fast cars, fast women, big apartments, yeah. big houses. I mean, yeah. I have a son who was like that as well until uh -huh. he got to college. So you went and you graduated and you went into finance with like yes. Deloitte and one of the big KP Marwick and one of them. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I worked for Accenture. Um, yes which I think today is the largest consulting mm -hmm. management consulting firm. Mm -hmm. They employ over 700,000 globally. And I was just like, I just wanted to compete. I just, I had my achiever brain on and uh, yeah, I wanted to climb the ladder and prove to everyone that I could. Uh, the first couple of years were rocky. Um, it's, I didn't quite make sense of it. I didn't understand that consulting is just, well, it's being a hired hand. Uh, so you have to be a pretty good generalist early on. And then later on, you have to be a specialist in order to essentially sell work and be sellable yourself. Um, the back half I figured out eventually. And by the time I was 26, about to turn 27, I was one of the highest paid if not the highest paid like person my age in north america um because i had just frankly i just figured out my gift um i had figured out that okay i know my gift is my ability to listen um so how can i point out where people aren't being heard um and i was able to find you know essentially just company uh, gaps and inefficiencies just based on that um, a very community oriented approach but that came about like that was around 2021 
that came about because in 2019, I was recalled to suicide prevention and out of that achievement-oriented lifestyle. Uh, when I read Dr. Vivek Murthy's piece about uh, loneliness being an epidemic in the United States. Right? And when he sounded that alarm in 20, 2019, for whatever reason, I just that just struck me. Uh, I had like very recently resurrendered my life to God because in college I was just living fast, like you said, <laughs> just chasing. That's um, a good way to put it. And when I resurrendered, it was, yeah, just the timing of it was pretty funny. Honestly, God just pointed me right back to suicide prevention so quickly. And when I saw loneliness, I was just like, wait, I've sat with so many people. I know that. I know what that is in so many different forms. And I love listening to people and how they can close the gaps on disconnect. Um, so at Accenture, I started just working on that craft and was able to separate myself. And I was like, eh, thank you. But I, I'd already made up my mind in like 2019 that like I'm, I'm making this jump to try to do this full time. And that's kind of where I am now. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that yeah. takes so much courage because as you just mentioned, you were one of the top paid people in the United States. So I'm sure that was a nice, you know, six, maybe seven figure. I have no idea. Six, six, yeah. yeah six yeah. figure. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a lot. That's a lot. And, you know, to walk away from that, but feel that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I feel this calling and it's louder than this shiny stuff that's over here. And it's so interesting that you talked about loneliness and you talked about suicide, because I think that um, in today's world, and it's ironic that, I, you know, I don't know, in Canada right now, you know, you're allowed, if you're depressed, to go and they will help you commit suicide, right? They will help oh. you. Yes, that's like a brand new thing. Wow. And um, sometimes you don't even need your parents' consent. You can say, I'm depressed. And I feel like um, there's a huge thing, and I wonder what your thoughts are on this, with time. Yeah. Because you've mentioned time in, yeah. in all sorts of ways. Like when, yeah. you know, time is like when you were younger and you're like, what is time going to look like? How long am I here? Yeah. And then with time, we have the ability to look back yeah. and see, for one, how we have been able to make it through adversity before. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it isn't as daunting. What are your yes. thoughts on that? Yes. So scratching on purpose, and maybe I should adopt your language here because I can get a little too deep and tough to follow and, and sleepy. I know my voice can, can put people to sleep. Uh, so I think I will try to attach your vocab here the best of my ability. Before I do, I also want to just go back and just say like, I have no bad blood with Accenture, by the way. I have nothing but good things, like only great relationships and only good things to say. Um, Oh, I didn't so, hear anything. Yeah, I just to there. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, oh, yeah. Cool, it was cool. all okay. good. It just felt okay, like awesome. I can see where, I mean, I think that everybody that's listening as well will yeah. see that, you know, you had a corporate America job. You mentioned yeah. that they have 700 plus thousand employees. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure nobody, I mean, I hate to say it. Did they know who you were? Maybe they did. Right, but there right. are so many that it's yes. like you wanted to be an individual. And I yes. think that that. Yes. It's where the courage comes because so many people do these things to win the shiny prizes yeah. that once you do get, yeah, you can still be depressed. Yes. You can still be sad. Totally. You can totally, still yeah. feel alone. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. And that's, I'm looking for a platform there to try to break the doors open on like, Hey, can we talk about mental health for real in corporate America? Um, that's a conversation for another time when it comes to, what you had just mentioned about happiness and time. I'll start at what you had shared about Canada and what like the fundamental issue I have with that is if we're using depression as the telling indicator for ending time, the opposite of that is saying that happiness is the goal, the end all be all goal. And that's what I'm trying to break. If we look at happiness as something to just white knuckle hold on to, that's not good mental health. Every, I have talked to so many clinicians 
who support like uh, my company and, and my initiatives because of that alone, right? And what I have learned through my faith is that life is about moments of astonishment, right? I like to call these the moments that take your breath away. And the way that you get to these moments is you collect the moments that make you pause or the moments that make you say, huh, those blips and those feelings of depression, the dips of depression, the spikes of excitement and curiosity, those all matter until one day you experience a consequence that makes you say, aha, that's why I had to go through fill in the blank in that journey, right? I know that's true because I have talked to countless people in recovery and, oh man, I get really graphic with some, some journeys. Um, but when I listen to the aha moment, right? And I, and I learn about it, I'll always ask, if you knew that sooner, would you have liked to have known right? before you went into all of the mess and every single time the answer is no, because it's made me the person I am today. And that's my evidence for life is about moments of astonishment. When I look at the pictures in people's rooms, they're not the pictures that make them happiest. They're the pictures where they were astonished. There are all kinds of feelings. There's heartbreak. There's heartache. There's joy. Yes, there's elation. There's curiosity, there's stun, there is awe. And that is what they all have in common. Um, so yeah, if you're in that place where things are dark and hope is far away, um, man, there are steps to getting out. But I think the most important thing is that like God uses that too. And like, I hope, I hope you can get to that point where you believe that. Because what a pastor said to me that made me believe that was when he asked me, when are you going to accept that what breaks your heart breaks God's too. And that's when I was like, wow, there's definitely more to the story uh, and more to this heartbreak. I'm allowed to be curious in this. I'm allowed to explore this. Um, I'm allowed to have hope in it. And it, I love that because I will tell you that it, I believe myself yeah. because when I was, you know, when I hit my rock bottom, which is a personal journey for each and every person. We can't compare others. It's just like, Definitely. it's not a healthy thing to do, No, no. but it was such a dark time for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I reached for that, when I reached for help and I said, you know what, this is who I am. I'm going to raise my hand in a 12 step group and say, this is who I am. And I want help. And I was willing, everything changed. Right. Yes. But I don't regret there's this one, yeah. you know, there's a promise in the 12 steps. It's like, I will no longer regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Mm. And I think that in today's world, there's so many different buzzwords. You know, I was born in 1968. I, you know, I was, I'm old, I'm 50, I'm not old, but I'm 55. <laughs> right. I've got right. kids yeah, yeah, that yeah. are close to age, <laughs> closer yeah. in age to you than me. Right. Right. And, you know, when I was growing up, there was no like, oh, you're depressed. I right. will remember that my best friend in yes. college was yes. depressed. She used to say to me, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. And I used to go into a room and I'd be like, let's go. There's a party. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Get dressed. What are you doing? She'd be like, I'm depressed. I'm like, what yeah. the hell does that mean? Get a cigarette. Yeah. I'll get you a drink. You'll be fine. <laughs> And um, literally, you yeah. know, as time has evolved, again, yeah. that word time, mm -hmm. you know, I now, you know, she's been my best. She's like my husband calls her. She's like my my chosen sister. I've been friends with my entire life. She now I appreciate like I get it. She's when she comes or when yeah. she needs it. I'm like, OK, she's depressed. She needs to take that time for herself and reevaluate. Yes. And, you know, I think that gratitude list, that gratitude you mentioned earlier gratitude is such an attitude and that mm -hmm. grace that we have it's grace mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes our ego which the acronym i love for ego is easing god out is that we then do not realize that these gifts that we have when you go and you compare yourself which is such a deadly thing. And I want to talk about that. And one of the things that yeah. when you first wrote yes. to me, you, you yes. talked about definitely was 
You know, this depression we have today that can come on from alcohol, drugs, social media. Yes. Social media is yes. bringing on all yes. of this. Mm -hmm. And this, I, I, you know, I grew up with this book like Emily Post. My mother was very, uh, uh, you know, it was like, you aren't going to talk loud. You don't go out and you don't shout things to the world. You don't do this. You don't do that. Mm -hmm. When this social media came out, yes. I think all of Emily Post's ideas were taken and thrown into the trash. Yeah, just and, burned it. Yeah. burned it and it didn't matter anymore and yeah i have to say like before i put things up on social media i really try to think like who could be seeing this yeah because it could hurt someone's feelings yes. right yeah. yes and we don't know yes. how many people today are even more isolated because i don't even have that stupid cell phone near me but if i did i would show it to you yeah. but that cell phone yes. that we go and we spend our lives on Yes. That we're like, oh, look at how many friends I have, how many likes I have. But right. does any of that equate to a real hug? No. No. Uh, there was so much, as you said, that was so good. But let's let's shift gears here because this is so important. This is so, so, so important. Actually, I'll just I'll just take a quiet, uh, just a quick, a quick pause for, you know, living with depression and living with mental illness. And just hopefully add some language here that's helpful for people. I like to call mental health in its simplest form, your ability to be present. And that is where social media we're going to expand on. But then people with mental illness they, they are people who are just at a chemical disadvantage to being present, right? So I, I want to make that distinction because a lot of people, sometimes they can be hesitant to talk about mental health for fear of saying they have a mental illness. But there is a difference between being diagnosed with depression and like feeling depressed. Um, that is a conversation for another time. But like where the nuance is, but yeah, I just want to give people that language. Expanding on the ability to be present, this is where social media is so detrimental, especially if you have not yet figured out your values. So values are just themes of what you want in return for your time. And if you don't know what your values are, and you're looking at social media, you are constantly being pulled off of your path, your ability to be present. Man, I wasn't thinking about my body image, but now I am, right? I wasn't thinking about what am I eating, but this person's eating this. I wasn't thinking about how much money I make, but now this person's on vacation. And it's like, whoa, I am just constantly being pulled away from my presence. And that is why social media is so unhelpful to mental health. I think a lot of us were scared to admit that because there are things we like about social media and we have a hard time just separating the good from the bad, right? Like I do like social media. I like the fact that I can connect with people all over the world. I've been blessed where the world was made small for me at a young age. I'm Korean. I've been to Korea. I grew up in a French immersion program. I've got friends in France and I get to see how they live. And that's great. But where social media is not helping us, right, is the entire social media stratosphere is all about what have you done, right? Instagram is the most curated 1% of what have I done lately. LinkedIn is here, the top work things I've done. Snapchat is here's what I've done is that's interesting and for five seconds. You know, we had Foursquare, we had check-ins, we had all kinds of things that were all about what have you done. But we need a social digital space. Now I'm kind of advocating for my own company. We'll come back to that. But we we just need to advocate for being. Can we just be? And that's what I loved about your episode. Echoes of authenticity. You said giving your time is glamorous 
We don't listen to each other as much as we used to. Stop paying attention to the noise. It just, you said so perfectly what, how to be is giving people your time. I like to equate it to grandma's house. When I was growing up, I used to be so annoyed about going to grandma's house because it's like, we don't do anything. Why are we going to grandma's house? Five days? What? What? It wasn't until I got much older, right, that I came to appreciate that grandma just wants to be with me. She wants to hear my inner monologue. And she wants to just, uh, she just wants to be included on the journey of who I'm becoming. That's it. That's it. And it's so important to just be, um, share your feelings, analyze them, find, make meaning out of them. And sometimes when your friend is like, hey, I'm having a hard time being present. Can you just help me talk through it? That's the time for being. And sure enough, you will find, because we all swing between the two. And sure enough, right? You'll find there are times where she's ready to go do something, right? And you're like, all right, sweet. Um, it's just that some of us are primarily doers and some of us are primarily beaters, but we are all both. Um, and so, yeah, I loved that episode of 412 so much. It's just like, you're just telling people how to be. I was like, yes, we need more of this. We need more of this. The social media is just selling us the thrill of turning off of our path, changing lanes, because it is fun to imagine what would life be like if I lived it like that person. It's fun for the second that you change the lane. But when you're in somebody else's lane, it's not yours. You you quickly realize this isn't for me. Um, I want to go back to my path. Uh, but social media makes that as hard as possible. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned a word which I haven't heard in a long time, which I, you know, I, with pe pe my contemporaries, we obviously use the word morals, like we were raised with these morals. And it's, and I don't want, I'm not making any blames towards any parents today, but, you know, it's so hard today with our economy and everything else. Like both parents are working their buns off yeah, to make money, yeah, right? Totally. And the, and they've got sports and, you know, all of a sudden kids have sports games on Sundays, which was always the Lord's Day. Mm -hmm. And that was your time mm -hmm. to come together yeah. and congregate. I mean, if you're Jewish, it was like on a Saturday or a Friday uh -huh. night, right? Uh -huh. and, and if you go to a mosque, whatever it is that you have in sort yeah. of that faith. Yeah that's kind of been removed and yes. replaced with this stuff. That's again, I'm just going to call it noise. Cause I yeah. love that word. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you say to somebody that's listening? That was like, I was never raised with any of this knowing yeah. this ability. Like you, when you were talking about when you were young at 13 and you could have that feeling when you heard your pastor say these things and they sunk in and no one's had that yet. And they're like, how do you get those morals? I mean, these are feelings you get from being around others. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I don't want to say wiser, but educated in a different way than maybe you've been educated. Mm -hmm. How do you find those morals today? That is such a good question, Elizabeth. Oh my goodness. I think the smallest step that one can take is to try to discern um, which of your feelings are feel true and which of them don't and do that with people. Um, yeah, that's just, I start there because if you can start that process of discernment, um, with community, um, you, yeah, you, you, you start trusting that, um, there's meaning to be discovered in the long run. But you need to take that time, yes. don't you think, and turn it off. Yes. Yes. Totally, yes. But then comes in what? FOMO. This yes. fear of messing out. Yes. And because, and again, I'm older, so I yes. was not raised 
and yeah. your parents were not raised with mm -hmm. the constant ding, 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 ding. I mean, the people who wear the wa the Apple watches. I mean, I tell people all the time. I've bought four of them, I think now, and uh -huh. I buy them, and I'm like, I give it to my kids. I like the old standby; uh -huh. it just tells me yes. what time it is. Yes. Um, and getting away from all of it and yeah. just saying, okay, I'm going to leave it. I might have that sense of, oh, I want to see what's going on. What have I missed? Da, 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 yes. da. You don't go yes. down that rabbit hole. Yes. yes. How long do you think it takes to find out like discernment and find out what is really important and what isn't? Yeah. Man, Elizabeth, do you ask this challenging questions to everybody? This I is do. Such good questions. I do. I do. Man. Um. Yeah, you you need stillness, uh, in in order to just be grounded, and and to ground yourself. And there are techniques to be more intentional about that mindfulness techniques, and I'd love to talk about that as well. Um, but for the fear of missing out. If I find that if you don't have a core set of values, it's you don't really have a tool to help combat that. Um, I actually did prep what my self compass looks like. And it's something that I'm teaching to more like college students, how to build your self compass. Uh, I do realize this is a podcast, so it might not be the best uh, show and tell. Uh, but you know, if you don't know what you want in return for your time, um, then the fear of missing out is there's no cap on it. It's it's truly endless. Um, so yeah, if you're, I have found sitting with people, I always ask people, what are your top three core values? And if you're like 25 and above, I encourage you to Google a list of values. And you would be surprised how quickly you can identify three. You would be surprised. You've lived a lot of life. You've got a lot of experience to where you've hit that transition, which I have found 25 to be about that age. You've hit the transition where fun turns into fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh, I. it's not all about laughs and jokes and fun. I'm willing to go get hurt because I want to add dimension and exploration. I want to keep being curious through the lens of, for me, loyalty is my number one. Compassion is my second. Courage is my third. And if I, if I go make a mistake that might be embarrassing, if I pursued that through, through the lens of courage, you know, I'm good with it. Right? It's things like that that are kind of like, well, gosh, social media is not feeding that at all. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my my defense. Um, if you're younger than 25, I I encourage you to go play. Uh, I just want to be mindful of, of listeners play because fun is the initial currency for what you want in return for your time. So go play, go play, go play, truly get out and play. Um, and eventually, yeah, you'll just start to notice, you know what? I, I don't really want to play anymore. I want more experiences like this. Um, and it happens. Yeah. It happens. And it, it happens in a blink of an it eye. It truly does. It truly does. It yes. truly does. It's like yes. in one second, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. I don't want to do this anymore. Yes. Right. I want to grow up. Yes. But then there's the people and yeah. a lot of my listeners are tend to be a little bit older yeah. um, that get into this state of you know, they have the morals and they have all these things, but life hasn't turned out they, the way that they wanted it to, right? Yes, yes. And yes. they are like, oh my gosh, I thought my husband was going to make this much money. I thought my partner was going to do this. I thought right. I was going to be up the ladder at this place right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I And I feel so sad inside and so empty that I go... And I reached for either a, a pill that the doctors prescribed you, which so many people think that because the doctor prescribed it for you, yeah. that it's good it for you. Fixed. That's yeah, not yeah. true. Okay. Yes, that's, yes, yes. that's not true. You guys, you've got to Google this stuff and figure out what these drugs are. Yeah. Number two, you reach for the other legal thing, which is like so bad for you, which is yeah. alcohol. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh-huh. And then marijuana now they say is good for you. Uh, All right, these right, things right, that they right. that remove you from yeah. your ability. Yes, to process. 
to process. Yes, yes. To feel this higher power, whatever you want to call it. If you want, I call it God, you call it God. But if you need to call it something else for right now, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you hopefully get to that God state, which everybody tends to get to it towards the very end of their life. They're like, wait a minute, there has to be a God. I'm going to die, right? Yes, 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 yes. But, But having that sense, instead of going... I got to reach for something to fill this hole. And, yeah. and for me, you know, it was a hole in my soul. And mm. I will give you an example for me that I always saw for when I was drinking, right. I was, I was always wanting this stuff outside of us, right. You, I wanted to keep up with the Joneses. I wanted to have the big cars, all those things that we were talking about when you were working yep. in your corporate America job that, you yep. know, that, that, sh- that defines, especially a lot of Americans Totally. who they are in the yes. hierarchy of life, right? Yes. And so many people spend all this money on bags they can't afford, shoes they can't afford, cars they yes. cannot afford. That's why we've yes. got the credit card problems we have in the world. Yes. But anyway, yes. but they reach for all of these things. And for me, I was like, I, am I ever going to get there? And then you get that sense of, okay, I bought the bag. I still feel yucky. Yeah. I'm going to go pick up this drink or this drug. And, you know, when you go into, I, I raised my, you know, I raised my kids in the Northeast and there's lots of old churches yeah. And you go and you see a stained glass window in an old church. Yeah. And it's filled with soot. But you know that once you wipe off that soot and you clean it off, the light's going to come through and it's going to be beautiful. And so many of us focus so much on the soot. Yeah. And not realizing if we do a couple little things. Yes. It's a little bit of work. It's not like work, like pushing a car up a hill or a boulder up a mountain. Yes. It's internal work. Yes. We will find hope and we will find joy. Yes. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. And I always try to encourage people in making those adjustments that feel like they might not be worth it anymore at that stage in my life. I always encourage people to find others that might know or that might have been through what you've been through. When you go through life and you experience something unexpected, Mm -hmm. I think as we get older, we can get stubborn and we don't want to do the work of understanding it. We want the quick fix, right? The pill. But, you know, take for example, if if I break or if I tear an ACL and I've never torn an ACL before, the first thing that I do is not look for surgeons. The first thing that I do is I look for who else has torn their ACL. Who can help me understand what I'm going through? because I think I'm capable of making the decisions and living with the consequences. And that doctor is going to be there. That surgery is going to be there. I've heard of it, but who can help me understand this? For me, I can say that, yeah, contemplating with God has given me the most return on finding meaning. Um, But, you know, it's, it's the small step of like, yeah, Alcohol for me is a problem. So I'm going to go to a sober living home and ask them, how are you guys making meaning out of this? Where, where did you first start to grab for this? Is it similar to me? Right. Any substance like that uh, is similar. I think where, yeah, tough. It's so hard to be vulnerable, but real courage is not just, telling somebody on the street that you're having a hard time it's a cry for help and sometimes a very necessary first step but real courage is finding people who have context for what you're going through and that's terrifying because they can tell you you're doing something wrong that sucks it does it's like oh this person knows this problem it it's not that i'm scared of relating to them i'm scared that they're going to tell me i've been doing something wrong for months for years that does suck i can't do anything to make that suck any less frankly but it's those people who have context 
who can help you make meaning out of the next steps that are available to you. And yeah, I hope that's encouraging. Well, it's so true because most people that work at these these um, sober living houses, most people that work at treatment centers have been there. Yeah. It's very yes. hard to give away right. something that you do not have. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Right? Yes. If you don't have it filled in your tank, yes. you can't fill somebody else up with it. It's that simple. But there's something that you just that you said earlier, which I want to touch on because you mentioned the word death. Mm. And I think in, I don't know in every culture if it's such a taboo thing as it is here in the United States, because I haven't lived in any other culture, sure, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so I don't want to speak to that. But I know for America, it's such a hard, hard thing to talk about. Yeah. Even though every one of us is going to die. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. There yeah. is no other. We all were born and we're all going to die. Yeah. But when it happens. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. So it's this tabooed subject. Mm -hmm. So then you have somebody who died. I mean, I, 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 I mentioned one before we started recording that, like, I just had a friend yeah. call me and said her friend's daughter just, you know, OD'd. I, you know, fentanyl. I heard somebody else this weekend, a couple, 36 years old, went and to pick up some drugs just to have a little happy before they went out to their wherever they were going and was laced with fentanyl and now they're gone. You know, it's part of our society today. Right now, people are dying. Fentanyl is real. Drugs are real. Yeah. You know, people yeah. ODing is real. Going yeah. to the doctors and getting put on opiates and not being able to afford opiates afterwards and scoring the stuff on the street. It's all real. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's all real. Totally. What are your thoughts about death? And for our listeners, what do you, what do you, uh, can you tell them about yeah, how to we, process that? We don't talk about death nearly enough. Like, I don't know this history too well, but like one of the four pillars in like Greek society, ancient Greek society was, was death. Um, there are all kinds of cultures that have uh, truly respectful, like days of death or yeah, days of recognizing and celebrating the dead. Um, that's all to remind ourselves how delicate and precious and short life is. Um, and that's why I'm always evangelizing values uh, so that you can look back on your life and say, wow, <laughs> look at the life that I got to live. Um, and checking in with death and having healthy conversations about how scary it is which is not unique, y'all. Like that's the most common fear, right? Outside of public speaking. Um, it, it It's only going to help us live a, a more fulfilling life. Uh, such a key statistic about suicide, like suicidality is like research has been done and vetted and peer reviewed that if you talk about suicidality with people that are not suicidal, it does not, increase their suicidality right like death does not beget death in short right so we've got to talk about it to live a more fulfilled life uh, yeah that's my short version of that i think that's so interesting because it i was actually talking to somebody i was playing golf this weekend the people who know i'm, I'm a big golfer Love so it. i was playing golf and there was a gentleman we were playing with and he's older and he had just you know he's just sold his dental practice he's got his he has two grown children grandchildren and he looked at me straight in the eye and he goes i'm not scared to die and i thought that's so interesting yeah to say to somebody you don't yes. even know right so yes. i'm a stranger yes. i mean nothing to him if he ever yeah. sees me again in the rest of his life yeah. but it was important for him to say that. Yeah. And I think that when you're raised in all these different religions and either you believe or you, I mean, the Bible's the oldest book in the world that we can all yes. say back to, right? Yes, yes, yes. And it, depending on what religion you are and you, the way that you equate what it means, the Bible, yes. you take it, yeah. the Old Testament, the New Testament, whatever yeah. it is. Anyway, yeah. 
they talk about there are good things that happen, right? And it and as I mentioned earlier, it's at people's ends of their life that they're like, Oh, there is a God. Yeah. I know it. Where are you? Yeah. I'm going to church. I, I know I'm 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 I just got a horrible diagnosis. I'm getting ready. I'm going to <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I gotta make sure I do my tidings and, and yeah. do everything that yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. do. Uh-huh. But it's acknowledging that, you know, it's going to happen and enjoy yeah. what you have right yes. now. And I think yeah. that we all take it for granted. You know, it's been minimized on television shows. I will tell you that I've noticed recently, like my husband will put on any show and I'm like, is everything you put on violent? Everything have a gun? <laughs> everything have somebody shooting something? Can't we uh-huh. find something that's like G-rated? I mean... Uh-huh. Like just a love story. I mean, you go back and it tends that I have to watch old Frank Sinatra and, you know, Fred Astaire movies with all they do is sing and dance because there's yeah, no yeah, killing yeah. in most of those. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So tell us what you're doing and what your company's about. Yeah. Yeah. So then for me, um, our company's mission is to just take one more step with mental health for everybody. Can we take one together? And we think the most grounding force in that and the most common step we can take together is seeing feelings as information informing our identity, right? Where, and I'm going to generalize here. Uh, so if you don't feel like you're included in this, that is totally okay. Uh, I guess you can write me emails. Uh, but for men, we're, we are at a really awesome place where you know, I'm going to use maybe some offensive language here, but I literally heard this two nights ago. Um, we're at a place where if we share feelings, right? He said, if I share my feelings, I'm a pussy. Right? And it's like sharing feelings is weakness. And where women are at with feelings is yes, they talk about feelings, but oversharing is a burden. So sharing, like sharing feelings is a burden for women, for men, having feelings makes you weak. Um, and what we've created is what we call a social app for being right the a way with the one to many to one to hundreds of people that social media does right um here it's just like so one to a few write how you're being identify your feelings um you get to create your own feelings wheel as you go i don't have enough time to describe a feelings wheel just google it you get to make your own feelings wheel as you go and you get to share with people how you've been. And you would be surprised how much people appreciate when you share your presence like that um, with people you love and that like you would love to hear from them. They they will receive that as a gift. It will be just like grandma's house. I promise. Like we're hearing it. Like we're seeing it. We're seeing people's feedback where they didn't know what self-regulating was. It was such a tough concept until they started just tracking their feelings. We're seeing people have these breakthroughs of just, I didn't realize that I feel sadness and anger so repetitively, so habitually. But look at how much red and blue I've got this month. Um, I'm going to try to mix this up, right? It's like, just feelings are information for your identity. That's what we want to promote. That's our goal here. Um, and we've done that in an app form. I did not articulate that at the very beginning. <laughs> but yeah, it's called Pensive. P-E-N-C-I-V. So not the English spelling way. Uh, like a pencil. To kind of bring back that nostalgia of intentionality, writing. Um, share with people how you've been. Just take that. I, I dare you. That's always my challenge is I dare you to select your feelings every day for a week and just see what happens. See what happens. Just start there. I love that. Now we're going to have links with this description so people yeah. can go directly to that. I mean, Thank and you. we're going to see where you can go and you can write to, and you can write to Jim and tell me this, how many people today would you say are lonely and what, how do you describe the word lonely? Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad. Can can we take a little time here is uh, okay. Cut me off when I'm going too long. Um, 
there's a lot of new research coming out on like the loneliness statistics in the United States. Um, suicide is one of the highest, if not the highest uh, cause of death in every age category. I think it's top five in every age category right now. And overdoses are, uh, you know, number one across a lot of age groups. Um, and where loneliness comes in and how loneliness manifests, I'll start with the definition. It's the definition is when you're not being seen for how you are feeling and how that manifests, right? Is let's say I'm really proud of an accomplishment that I just had, but I am not sharing that with anybody and no one can reaffirm that. So now my pride just went to, am I just conceited? I, I wanted to be happy about this, but why do I need this validation? It might be wrong, something wrong with me. I, like I, I was sad about something that happened and I just wanted to share that with somebody, but because no one's reaffirming that, maybe I'm a freak, right? And we start making these, loneliness manifests in ways where we make these gigantic leaps of our identity when we are not aware of them. Um, so yeah, that's how loneliness can rear its very, very ugly head. Uh, if you look at loneliness statistics, right, we've got like over 60% of all adults feel extreme loneliness. I think I'm getting that signal report, right? You can check it out. I think they were published in 2020 and 2021. Um, I don't know about a 2022 yet. Um, but here, here's the, here's the crazy part about this. <laughs> um, I oddly find hope in the loneliness statistic. And it would take a very extreme perspective to find hope in that. And here's where I get that extreme perspective from. The highest suicide rates in the world uh, reside on as, uh, the two countries that compete for that title uh, are between Korea and Japan. It's so bad that in 2020, October comes around, second wave of COVID. COVID was the leading cause of death in that month for every single country except for Japan. Loneliness, please hear this, is the blinking red light of where this can go and how bad this can get if we continue to prioritize productivity and the material things that come with it above being. I'm begging you, I'm begging you, please slow down. Take some time to be. Find your people that want to just be with you. People that just ask you questions, right, about how you're feeling. And you can be that person first, too, right? You can make space. Gosh, if I want to be so extreme, if you want to do something for me, if I can ask that of the audience, we're coming up in February, the next month. Actually, is this going to be published in February? Mm -hmm. Okay, in February. Man, find a local friend. Text them when they're free. Take a box of pizza and just be in their presence for a couple of hours. And I can promise you that months later, they will not say, you know, I, re I really wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> I can promise you that. I can promise you that. We we all just need that right now. It is the blinking red light. And we can combat this. We can combat this. Korean people and Japanese people have a long way to go. Hopefully I'll I'll get to speak to them about it. there's so much shame around suicide that like it's it's hard to be taken seriously there. But we don't have to get that extreme right now. There let's acknowledge this this red light. And that's why I also love Elizabeth's episodes. Like she just is always reminding you, you are not alone. You are not, not alone. alone. No. Go. I meet dare somebody. You. I dare you. Go meet somebody. Go sleep on the couch. Take a box of pizza. I dare you. See if you really burden them when you are just being with them. 
This has been so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. You guys, thank you so much. Again, if you want to reach out to Jin Young, I'm going to have everything attached to this. You can reach out to him. He'll have all of his bios, all of that. And um, I just want to say this, you guys, you do not have to be alone ever again. Check out his his new app and see if that makes you like, at least gives you a parameter where to start. Like, where am I feeling? What am I feeling? Is this good? Is this bad? Cause nothing's good or bad. You guys, life is not black or white. I know you want to say it is, but it's all about the color. Yes. So if you like this episode, please again, share it with your friends, subscribe to my show, know that you are not alone and keep getting busy. Live it. So bye. Bye everybody. Take bye. care. Thanks thank, so much thank for you. coming.